Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. Tonight on an all-new Monsterland, the quarantine continues and questions abound. When will things get back to normal? Does social distancing mean avoiding my own family and my own home because I comply? Is Bigfoot the ultimate social distancer because he got an A in physics? I was told there would be no math, Ronnie. Let's go! Go! mystery a paranormal perfect storm known simply as monsterland the monsterland podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness just outside of monsterland massachusetts and now here are your hosts from travel channels expedition bigfoot author researcher ronnie leblanc and from history's the curse of oak island drilling down actor host maddie blake Welcome. How are you, brother? I'm fantastic. We got a hell of a show tonight. Our guest, Ron Moorhead. Two Rons are going to make Two Rons. <laughs> two Rons makes a right. To do Ron, Ron, Ron. To two Ron, Ron, Ron. Oh, God, I hope he's not listening right now because he will hang up. Uh, we have a lot to get to. We're going to talk uh, quantum Bigfoot. We've got a Ronnie report we're going to get to right now. Um, breaking news in the UFO world, ufology. We have a new game. I cannot wait to play this with you, Ronnie. I came up with it today, and I think you're going to love it. I think the monster love it. will love it. we got some monster mail. we got a monster voicemail, which is going to turn into a kind of a paranormal where are they now. So a great episode. Cool. We are prepared. We are ready. It doesn't matter if we're home. No. How are you doing, first of all, before we do the Ronnie report? I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Doing good. We're just, uh, we're adjusting still, you know. Every day is a new day, but it's crazy how the time flies. Yeah, I mean, this morning we were texting a little, we got kind of into a deep text, and I was thinking about how we talk a big game, you and I and people who are into this type of thing, um, we talk a big game about spirituality, right? And we say a lot of things about spirituality, but what does that really mean? Yeah. Like how does spirit or the other side, however you want to call that in your spiritual journey, how does it interact sure. with your daily life? And I think one way it could manifest, and I just wanted to share this because I was thinking about it because of our serious texting session this morning, um, yeah. is through trust, you know, and, and especially in a moment like this, a pandemic like this, and you know, like the, uh, in the 12 step programs, they have a tradition where they'll say, let go and let God, right? Let go and let God. Right. Aren't we in a situation, Ronnie, right now where you have to really work on that? You have to let go. Otherwise you go a little crazy. You know, it just, this, it's how it is. And you just kind of adapt and adjust. And it's, it's so, it still uh, blows my mind. We're going through this. You wake up and you realize, oh yeah, we're in this quarantine situation. It's, yeah. it's nuts. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I 
you know, I, was, I saw this quote about inner peace that I sent you during this text conversation that we were having about where we were at spiritually. And it said, like, a, a man who doesn't have inner peace, it's, it's a simple equation. If you don't have inner peace, it's because, A, you want something that God doesn't want you to have. Right. Or, B, you're rejecting what he does want you to have. And, and I thought that made so much sense. At first, it freaked me out because, like, oh, God, you know. But then I thought about it and I thought, man, like when when things happen like this, bad things, when things either happen bad or things don't happen that you want to happen, it's really easy to kind of just fight against that internally. I'm talking internally. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Walk around negative and hurt and why didn't I get this or why are we at this? Why are we in a quarantine? Why am I still home? Why am I? Instead of trying to work on, all right, here's here's a really tangible moment where we can put this stuff into practice. It's like the old cliche, you, you, you pray to God for patience and you're stuck in a traffic jam and you're swearing and punching your steering wheel because you're in a traffic jam. It's like, well, here you go. Here's He's giving it to you. Yeah. So I just was thinking this morning, like, boy, we talk a lot about spirituality and let go and let God and all that, but we're in the midst of something where we're really able to put that into practice. For sure, for sure. To kind of like, I think spiritually, I think we're, we're tasked to do our daily diligence to do what we're supposed to do every day so it's not a clarion call to chill to netflix and chill right right but to do what you can every day in good faith and let go of the rest does that make sense well said yeah sure i mean it it just um it's something you have to embrace and this is the time we have the time to be together with our families yeah right have dinner together lunches breakfast and um, also to pick up things that you want to do. Some of those passion projects or passions that you have that you can apply now, I think is incredible. That's a great healthy way to, to uh, I think distracts the wrong word. People say distract yourself. I don't know if that's the right word because I think that has a negative connotation, distraction. Um, yeah. I think it's a good time to put yourself to work on something that um, is going to keep you positive when you may have been negative. I would, maybe, maybe that's another thing. Right. Say distract. Yeah. Yes, I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm just in kind of like a thoughtful space today because you got me going this morning about this stuff. And like, I gave the example of you and I, this is a good tangible example we could share on the air because um, we went through this together and we talked about it on the podcast together. At a certain point, somebody wanted to, and it wasn't just a friend, it was an actual reputable production company who makes television. They wanted to turn this thing into a television show. And right. um, we didn't start this to get into a television show. I want to be clear on that. Um, cause we both had our own thing going on with television. Um, but it just came into our laps literally. And, and they want to make a television show about it. And this very exciting round of pitches happened. And in the end, it, it, that version of it didn't happen. The version that we really kind of envisioned and created really. Yeah. And so we could have handled that one of two ways. You know, we could have looked at the other shows, which we did a little bit in fun and jest, but look at the other shows that did get picked and are on the air and some of the talent they have on the air and been very bitter about that and, and internally fought against that and like demanded right. more meetings and taken our stand. And we just, I think we both inherently, because we do the work, because we do the spiritual work, we were able to go like, all right. I mean, I think we even use these words to each other like, God didn't want us to have this at this time for whatever reason. Correct. The timing wasn't there. The timing wasn't right. For whatever we felt, we felt it was like, Oh, this is gonna, this is gonna go. Oh my God. Everything kept lining up. There's all these coincidences happening, which 
kept us going on that path. I think we were supposed to be on that path, no doubt. But I guess the end result wasn't what we thought it would be at the time. Yeah. Like it was going to happen. My point is, is how we handled that. And I think we handled that with that type of like trust and um, we didn't fight against it. So we did have inner peace about it in the end because we didn't rail against what God didn't want us to have as it were. Right. And I think sitting in your house, if you're a monster and you're listening, you're feeling frustrated. I think sitting in your house um, is, a, and you're feeling anxious about getting back out. It's a really great time to slow down and stop and try to put some of this acceptance, letting go and letting God into practice. Because I got news right. for you. I got news for you. And I had learned this on the hard way through years and years. I'm still working on it. It's not like I achieve. You don't achieve nirvana necessarily. But um, going out, going to the store, traveling, working, whatever it is you miss, after a time, you'll still be unfulfilled. Yeah. Right? You'll still be unfulfilled. You know, the guy wants to go on the road. The, the singer, wants, songwriter wants to go on the road. The band wants to go on the road. They get on the road for two weeks and they want to be home. And then they're home for two weeks and they want to get on the road. It's like the grass is always greener. It's oh, always that situation that you're constantly – and I, it's a good thing and a bad thing, right, because you can never be satisfied. There always seems to be – but that's, I guess, what drives us to continue to move forward, whether it's to gain new things, new toys for some people, which you can't take with you. But I think okay. the, the biggest things are understanding the value of the time that you have with your family when they're here, when they're yeah. gone is when you realize – how valuable that is. And if you could just have that insight hmm. when you know, yeah. everyone's here now is, is I think the key. Well said. And, and yeah, you'll, you'll always be unsatisfied of things of this world, I guess is another way to say yeah. it. So yeah. You, have to be yeah. able, you have to be able to be okay in your own skin. And dare I say alone, because right. humans will leave you and disappoint you too. You know, alone with whatever you value as God. I, don't, I can't speak. I know what it is for me and listeners, monsters, you know what that is for me. I've talked about it before. Whatever it is for you, call it spirit, whatever. You have to be able to be okay on your own, in your own skin. Because it's how you came here. It's how you're going to leave too. So True. I feel like this has been a huge spiritual band-aid ripped off this world. And you have a chance. We have a chance now to go through a, you know, a spiritual apocalypse. Not, I, I don't like, you know, not the real apocalypse that people fantasize yeah. about, but a spiritual apocalypse to reset. It's like a resetting chance. Ronnie, but before we get to the Ronnie Rapport, our guest is here, so let's get right into it. Uh, the great Ronald Moorhead, the book, The Quantum Bigfoot, Bringing Science and Spirituality Together. Ronald, welcome to Monsterland. Well, thank you very welcome. much, Ronnie. Ronnie, good to be with you. Great to see you. Um, so excited. I had a chance to get into your book. Um, and funny, you use the word lay people, you know, lay person. For the lay person, I'll try and break down to physics. Well, you have two definite lay persons here. We're laying down now. We're such lay persons. Um, <laughs> what you're dealing with is very scientific, uh, but you relate it in a very understandable way. So I guess I want to start at the very beginning before we even get into the what sounds like the complicated stuff is how did you meet Bigfoot, as it were? When did Bigfoot first come into your life? 1971. I was 29 years old, and uh, 
these guys that I knew as friends were hunters up in the Sierra Nevada mountains. And uh, they came out with this uh, story that these things had been coming around the camp. Of course, you're thinking, well, what could this be? But anyway, one of the guys got screwed off. He wouldn't go back by himself. So um, I was friends from all. They invited me up, or he invited me to go back with him because he wasn't going to go by himself. It just freaked him out. And to this day, he don't spend the night up there, I don't think. It's just uh, pretty interesting. Well, I don't even know if he goes up there anymore. I haven't talked to him in quite a while. But anyway, that's got me started in 1971. And, uh, of course, they had no idea what they were dealing with other than it had a big feet, five toes, and it was huge voice and huge, they're just huge. They seen a big 19-inch track right by the, in the mud, they right outside the shelter. We had no rugged uh, beaver's nest looking shelter. And uh, that's how I got started. And I ended up being part of the group then. And then my interest was, what are giants? What are these things? Because those things aren't supposed to exist anymore, right? Mm, right, right. <laughs> well, they do. And uh, occasionally you get glimpses of them up there, but very rarely. They're very, very fast, very elusive, and most people know what they're dealing with when they're trying to get a picture of one or get, as we tried and tried and tried, because this, this began and it kept going. It wasn't like it just a one-time thing. When we started going back up there, these things would still come around the camp and they'd take the food that we left out and uh, started mouthing off. And so we took, took tape recorders with a little cassette recorders all we had in those days. So it was... Uh, uh, and exciting, really. Uh, it was. Uh, I learned how to hunt because that's what the group was about: was hunting. And uh, none of them were looking for Bigfoot until uh, we took Al Berry up there uh, a year later when he came down and interviewed us. And we you know, invited him to go in with us. He wanted to. So, but he was looking for a hoax. Uh, mm. Warren Johnson, the leader of our group, he sent a letter off to Ivan Sanderson, a cryptozoologist back the east, and. 23-page letter, and Ivan Sanderson, I read what he wrote to Peter Byrne out in Oregon. He said, this has got to be a hoax. You might want to check it out. And Peter was way up north. He thought it was a hoax, too. So he gets old Al Berry, which is in Redding, California, and Al thought it was a hoax, but we didn't know any of this. We thought he was just coming down. He was really excited about going up there, but he was up there trying to find who was tricking us. But he got caught up in it, too, because it's a pretty imposing area. 8,400 feet in elevation, sharing about a mile. Eight foot, eight miles back into the wilderness, and it's uh, nobody goes back there. Just really uh, sanctuary, pretty much. And the Johnson brothers have been hunting back there since the 50s, and they uh, they treated it like it was their home away from home. Hmm. And, uh, that's how it kind of got started for me, and I've been in it ever since. I started to. We knew. Uh, I knew it. Or we figured they weren't going to eat us. Because you don't know when you hear these sounds or what what's all about. You don't know what kind of monsters out there. Make right. a monster, you don't know. You just don't know. So you 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 know you start reading up on things. You read about Albert Osman who got carried away in the sleep. Well, we didn't get carried away, and uh, we didn't get eaten. So we was able to go back to our wives, whatever, and uh, kept going back and recording. And Al Berry fostered the studies at the University of Wyoming. Kind of got a uh, unbiased uh, PhD to study these for a year and give the credibility of the tapes were original. They were uh, made at the time of the recording. They weren't pre-made, pre-manufactured, speeded up, slowed down, any manipulation at all. He couldn't find any at all on the original tapes. So that was a big boost. Al thought, you know, he wrote a paper on, not Al, but well, Al wrote a book on it. Uh, Dr. Curlin at the University of Wyoming, he, he actually had, uh, gave a talk at the uh, uh, UBC up in Canada uh, at a, a symposium anthropology unknown and that was a 
1978, actually, when he did that. And he, he wrote a paper and it's in a book, A Man Like Monsters on Trial. And that was a big boost, but it wasn't quite enough. I mean, he still couldn't get academia to take it serious, even though this guy, he's a renowned electrical engineer who did this study. Uh, it wasn't until 2008 when uh, Scott Nelson, a cryptolinguist, uh, heard them by accident when he was looking for a project for his son. And he had to talk to us. So he came all the way up from Missouri where he was teaching school. Now he's a retired Navy cryptolinguist. Hmm. And that's, that's I didn't know a guy like this existed, but he's, he's right. in the Navy just to transcribe unknown languages. That's from incredible. Countries. That's scary yeah. that job exists, you know what I mean? <laughs> he's and, got and, stories. You know, Hear, yeah. Hearing those, hearing those sounds as a kid, I mean, this was recorded in the seventies, and hearing those sounds still to this day, they send a chill up my spine. And 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 the the fact that there is some kind of language going on, there is some kind of talking that that is happening, and it's it, it does seem like it is. Um, I kind of described it to to my wife listening to it, and she's like, "Oh my goodness!" She's like, first off, it sounds like a." Uh, a male Bigfoot is getting uh, bitched out by the female Bigfoot for doing <laughs> something wrong. Uh, but it, they're talking so fast, it's almost like a hummingbird's wings. Like, if you slow, slowed it down, it, it, it's amazing to me that it just sounds so alien. Did you, mm. when you first heard that, did you think that this was something beyond an animal? When was that moment when you said, these things seem to be doing things on the quantum level, you know, when, on the spiritual level. When we started level. experiencing some of these yeah. unusual things, and uh, Al Berry, who has a master's or had a master's degree in science, uh, he said, you can't talk about the word stuff up here. You get discredited, you know. Right. He, he didn't want to get discredited. You know, it's, it's all about trying to get these things, people to take them serious. Correct. And yeah. that's hard enough back in those days if you just said you believed in Bigfoot, you, know, you could get bumped out of the crowd. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... I think it was probably um, when I started trying to get into the science. There has to be somebody. I've always been taught that if there's a problem, there has to be an answer to it. If there's a, yeah. if there's a question, there has to be an answer. Yeah. And uh, what's the answer to these anomalies we were experiencing up there, the different lights, the different sounds we were hearing, which were not, you couldn't find the source of them even in the daytime. I don't mean just vocalizations. I mean metallic sounds and humming sounds and, just strangeness. Uh, one time at night, we thought our camp was being tore apart. I mentioned this in a lot of interviews, but you look out, you, know, you think all our food's been strung out and everything's just been tore up. We looked Debris, out there, right. nothing's changed. Well, what do you think do you happened? What do you think do you happened in that moment? How do you yeah. know? Either you're listening, you're hearing, they hypnotize us all, who knows, or you were listening into another dimension. I mean, these things exist. I found out through quantum physics. There are other things besides what we see in our three-dimensional environment. We're raised to believe in Newtonian physics altogether, that everything's measurable, predictable, and, and uh, it's not that way in reality. The reality is there's several dimensions out there. We only experience three, and if you get into what's really going on outside of our little our little bubble that we live in, you find there's more going on. Mm. And, you, you, you know... Uh, they're just things that happened up there that has to be an answer to. So I started got into quantum physics, and that's my last book, The Quantum Bigfoot. And I, I think I explained it because I was raised, raised in a church, you know, religiously. I'm not religious anymore, but then I find out we're all spiritual, whether you like it or not. You know, that's right. The most minute level of our existence, we are energy. The most minute level. Energy vibrates at a certain frequency. 
and we're all a vibrational frequency. That's all we are. And I said, that's all that's big. Because according to Stephen Hawkins, energy can't die. According to Einstein, energy doesn't die. It just changes form. So if that's the case, then there's your heaven for religious people, but there's your dimensions for physics and for the layman who could understand. Because really it's not that hard uh, to understand this. I, I try to write it in terms like, because I'm trying to bring science and spirituality together. Mm. Uh, Tesla said uh, what one man calls God and another man calls quantum physics. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I look at some of the stuff, and I, I remember some of the scriptures I read in the, in the Bible, you know, about how Christ did his miracles, and I, was, I look at the background of it, and he did them through the laws of quantum physics. And then he says, mm. we can do what he does. Well, that leaves us really underdeveloped, I think. <laughs> we yeah, a lot more and you're talking about having those extrasensory perceptions, having the ability to to levitate, to to kind of walk on water. We all have that that capability innate in us, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we just have to become one with it, like he said, uh, become one with what the universe is. We we've all been separated. We think we're separate people, even, but we have one energy that's responsible for everything. Not responsible, yeah. but it's part. So we have to become part of that again. Mm -hmm. And you do that through meditation. You do that through, you know, there's a prayer that's asking for something. Meditation is when you're, you're trying to receive something. So uh, you got to get prepared for that. You got to get your heart, which is very, very strong electrically. Uh, like it's got a very strong, this is the strongest part of your body, really. Huh. And that has to be coherent with your brain. But then your brain has to be connected to your third eye. And this is my opinion here. The pineal gland. <laughs> yeah, your pineal gland. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to make sure that's decalcified because our diets have screwed that up, you know. So yeah. we, we've all been alienated from who we really are supposed to be. So we just uh, have to learn how to get back to that, I think. Ron, we had a, we had a, a really credible witness uh, Ronnie knows this guy, and, and we know him, his reputation and everything. And right in what we call Monsterland here in Massachusetts, uh, I believe it was right on the outskirts, right, Ronnie? This guy saw yeah. a Bigfoot creature turn and walk. When he saw him, the creature turned and walked back into the woods, and as he was walking, he started to dematerialize. Mm -hmm. You know, he saw the arm basically disappear into the trees how would your quantum physics like how would you explain that okay here's how i would explain that ready <laughs> love it they have they were all energy i said that while ago right they're mm -hmm. the same way energy they can somehow change their mass which we are into energy and energy doesn't have uh, a density like like our mass does that's why trackway can disappear. I think that energy can go, and you can see it in the fourth dimension, which is the time uh, space deal before you get into the fifth. I think they reside okay. if they are interdimensional because they're not all the same. I got to say that right up front. I don't think they're okay. all the same. I, I agree I, with I you got, on that. Yeah. I got reasons for that, and I substantiate that, and I think in my mind anyway, <laughs> through, mm. through alien intervention, stuff like that's happened. I've been all over the world looking at remains and looking at stuff like that. that you know, we have no answers for in our classical thinking. So something's been here before. Something's probably here now that we just need to understand. So it's understanding quantum physics and how all that stuff works. You're, you're looking in the plasma field when you see the thing disappear. It depends on temperature if you're going to see that or not. That's where people see ghosts. That's where people see things that just haven't quite got their, their vibrational energy high enough to get how like like um, orbs balls of light those uh, orbs are similar yeah yeah yep. i think so yeah 
And I think they're, they're intelligent entities, orbs or mm. something. I've had people tell me they saw a big, they saw this orb and it kind of blew up and a Bigfoot came out of it. Well, come on. <laughs> you know, so 20% of, uh, of uh, Bigfoot sightings have a UFO involved. Mm. And I just interviewed a guy last year who, he's a very credible person and he, he saw a UFO in the daytime, watched it for probably 30 minutes, he said, but he also was witnessing a Bigfoot. Mm. around it so there's there's stuff like that going on where does that fit into your quantum physics like uh, the ufo phenomenon in in relation to bigfoot well they they live in that they 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 know about this i mean they they are in order to have energy that can move faster than light and things do move faster than light mass doesn't but in order for energy in your thoughts can and your thoughts are energy so if they can move faster than light they, they can be somewhere, and time doesn't exist when you're like that, like it does in our mm. three-dimensional. Ah. We're, we're just going through a plane of uh, lineal time, and uh, that's not the way it really is. Uh, everything's in the now. and uh, So that's how I, I think UFOs are part of that knowledge. And they are probably one with the universe. We're not. You know, we need to be that way. And uh, there's a lot going on, and it's really exciting to me. <laughs> Enjoy it. Really. What, what Enjoy talking is, to this, like on stuff like this. You know, so can, what do you what do you think is happening now with uh, this pandemic? Do you think this is part of something? I mean, just a few days ago, the Pentagon officially, um, you know, confirmed that these are UFO videos, UAPs, what, whatever you want to call them. Do you feel like this is leading into something further through the UFO? kind of disclosure you think something's about to pop still in you know mind? i feel that way i i don't have anything to base it on other than there's more ufo sightings there's more big good sightings coming around there's more a lot of things are happening now so yeah i think there's something big coming down the tubes i think uh, more and more people i just got a call yesterday from someone's been witnessing a ufo and there's more and more of that happening and uh, up at joe hauser's montana vortex i mean my gosh that's oh wow that's that's a so much UFO activity up there on that Columbia mountain and they watch it they watch them uh, so it's just uh, the thing is they don't just circle a mountain and play around they're going inside the mountain how they do that how does anything do that your mass has to turn into energy and you I think Bigfoot the ones we were dealing with in the Sierra Nevada mountains has a complex vocal mechanism which can reach frequencies that we can't reach above below and in all of our mm. vocal mechanism just can't do that theirs can. I think they can create a, a vibrational frequency that possibly allows them to get into that, uh, that cloaking, I guess you want to call it, state right. and get into, well, again, I think they reside basically in the 50 minutes. Some of them, i got to yeah. back up and say that again, because I think some of them have been diluted down so much from crossbreeding and inbreeding with, with the indigenous people that they're probably more human-like. Maybe they've lost some of the abilities that they were originally designed with. And uh, just, uh, that's what I think. I mean, what we had up there, I don't know. We just had a Bigfoot, big boys, huge, huge entities, whatever they were. Uh, one of the one of the tracks that we found, that we, I've been talking about for years because it's too unbelievable. If I hadn't seen it myself and been right there right after it happened, I don't know that I'd believe it. It's 25 and a half inches. And there's 13 feet between them. Wow. I mean, wow. Yeah, there were several of them until I just went off like that into oblivion. Oh, well, God. what do you do with that? I mean, that's got to be huge. Right. Think about that. 
And I've talked to people since then that, that say they thought they saw King Kong. You know, there's some, hmm. and I was just reading an article this morning on, on the Ecuador giants, you know, that they found. And uh, something new out now on the internet about that. They found some giant remains, and it's, it's, it's in a museum in Peru, excuse me, in Ecuador now. And it's 30 foot tall, a giant that big. Wow. Uh, they got the full, the full body, <laughs> dug it up. It's not the only one, but they, they, were, they had originally found a, a grave cemetery, which was, I guess from the flood or something that washed out these giant remains of seven, eight foot tall people. And there were several of those that the German, uh, Germans got them and studying on them. That was in 2012 or 13, I think it was. So there's a, uh, there's a lot of history of giants going on if you really yeah. start delving into it. And a lot how of they do what evidence. they do, <laughs> yes. But how they do what they do is the is the thing that I've been after. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the enigmas that are associated with them, and a lot of people want to put it off in woo woo land. I think it's just they're they want to put their head in the sand because if you if you really get into studying how this could happen, because all these people can't be lying. I heard these people for years that say, well, they disappeared right in front of my eyes. And are they all lying to me? Does something really right. happen? So you, you want to kind of, especially when they're credible people, and I know some of them, they're very, very credible. And they mm -hmm. just, they won't even talk to anybody else about it because they, they know that I'm open-minded about this. And that's the worst thing a researcher can do is be closed-minded and not accept right. what people are saying. You don't have to believe it, but you've got to keep it there and not make fun of them or something. So they'll talk to you. And uh, I get, I get, People didn't told me every daily, really, on this stuff. And it's, it's really interesting to put all these dots together to try to figure this out. Do, so. do you find it fascinating, too, that there seems to be a lot of reports, I think recently, too, in the last year or so, that I've heard where uh, people are talking about them seeing them shape-shifting, mm -hmm. seeing the Bigfoot shape-shifting into another type of animal or, or shape-shifting. There was a recent story out of, uh, Mount Shasta with some documentarians that witness something, a Bigfoot running and then changing into a wolf, then a bear that had huge feet. And at first you're like, are they making fun of this or is this, and they seem to be pretty they, credible. That video is pretty credible. It's a girl and a boy and they were part of a production crew and they tell their story to camera and they're like, we, we're just going to tell what we saw. <laughs> you can make it sound like us. the Skinwalker Ranch, which it, we're all yes, it does yeah. a little, yeah. Well, yeah. listen, if, if they can do what I'm suggesting, which is change their mass into energy, well, why not change, uh, they can just change forms. And right. I mean, that's where the dog man comes from, and that's where all these things are happening, and that's how the Skinwalker Ranch can be explained. Uh, right. I know the only experience I've had that's close to that, and I, was it was my daughter, my granddaughter that had it really was camping out a few miles away from our site, but we know the big Bigfoot comes around. So it wasn't at our Sierra camp, but uh, my daughter saw one early in the morning. So they'd been harassed, being harassed by their tent at night. And uh, she got up and seen this thing run across this little field. And my granddaughter, it was daylight, my granddaughter was walking over that way. So she oh. When do you see it? <laughs> Finally, I'll have somebody else that sees one of these things besides me because she saw them three times. And, wow. and so Wendy came back and Rhonda asked her, did you see anything strange over there? She said, yeah, I did. This great big white wolf came right out in front of me, looked right at me, paused, and then ran up the hill. <laughs> so that's as far as I can go with that one. <laughs> yeah. we, found a, we found a trackway later, and 
this is remarkable too because this changed my whole thinking about trackways disappearing because we found the trackway heavy getting imprint in that turf and and all of a sudden they stopped and i've been hearing reports for a long time about how trackways can stop mm. well it got me thinking again i looked up could they jump in a tree could they jump to a boulder to mm. jump out how they how they what happened to this thing because it's just nice bipedal trackway you know and uh, i I realize there's got to be an answer to this one because <laughs> I've been hearing reports about this stuff too, you know. And I know researchers that just wipe them off the cloth. Oh, it's a hoax. They're driving me nuts. And leave them alone. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but that's not the truth. I think what happens is the density changes because their mass changes in the energy. It's fascinating. So, yeah, a, lot, a lot of reports too that I, I hear now, if they don't have any type of um, orb, paranormal or any kind of elements to the stories or these encounters maybe they're leaving some of these out i start to question if they're real <laughs> you know it seems to be just so so common um now with the, with bigfoot encounters yeah it is and a lot more people are swaying over because they're having more experience until they have an experience like this they're really the person, not going to buy yeah. into it because they're they're trained their brain has been taught since it's five years old that Younger than that, probably this is the way things are. It's measurable, it's predictable. This is what exists. Newtonian physics. Right. But no, quantum physics, I think, takes over. In fact, I know it does. It takes over when Newtonian physics can't handle the, the question. Right. And that's where uh, uh, Max Planck in the 1800s, he got, the, he got uh, involved. He got the Nobel Prize for quantum physics, actually, because he kind of the father of quantum physics. And that's where Einstein, Bohr, and Schrodinger, all these people just picked up the the one and kept going with the studies. It was 1919, I think, when Max got his Nobel Prize, but he, he died a few years later. So anyway, it's it's the way things are in the universe, from the most minute level all the way through. It, it, it's it's not measurable. We just got to get out of our bubble that we've been trained to think that that's all that exists. Right. And I think that's the, that's the issue <clears throat> most people have, and researchers especially, because you got to experience something before you really going to buy into it. You know, people can hear me talking right now. They go, oh, well, he's in woo-woo camp. <laughs> well, woo-woo, what's it? <laughs> yeah. I don't care, you know, Same. what they think. This is the way it was. This is the way I think it is, and that's my thoughts, and I welcome to that. Thank you. And, and you know what? It seems to be the more seasoned researchers that have been doing this 20 plus, 30, 40, 50 years see that there is something more to this than it just being simply an animal. Like, there's yeah. something... Well, they're coming around. They're coming yeah. around. I asked, uh, well, our, our PhD friend, you know who he is. <laughs> I've talked yeah. with him for yeah. several years. We were in Russia together, and and uh, I asked him what he thought about quantum physics then. That was years ago, like it was 2011, I think, when he was over there. We roomed together. So I got close to the guy. I know he's a very spiritual man in his church and all that stuff, but he's, he's got his parameters over here that he's been trained in. He has to stay there. He can't get out of them or he loses academic credibility. Right. And uh, I understand them. He's, he's a good people. Uh, but they're, until they have an unusual experience, they don't know what to do with it because they jump out of their box. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. like to call it that way anymore, but it is. It's the parameters, the disciplines that they've been trained in. They have to stay with right. that. So anyway, yeah, I, I'm supposed to speak with them again this summer if this is this, uh, stay-at-home thing gets out of the way and they cancel <laughs> it. <laughs> um, 
Well, the guest, Ronald Moorhead, the book is The Quantum Bigfoot, Bringing Science and Spirituality Together. It's available on Amazon Prime and everywhere you get your books. Uh, Ron, you mentioned that first incredible, intense experience you had in 1971. By the way, year I was born. And I don't bring that up to make you mad at me. <laughs> I bring it up to, <laughs> to indicate how long you've been doing this, how much experience you have. And since that time, like, what's life like for you now? Do you still go out in the field? Have you had any recent close encounters with Bigfoot? Uh, the last one I had was uh, 2016. I'm not sure it was Bigfoot, but it was strange and anomaly. It was at our camp. Uh, I rode in on horses, and uh, we was in the tent because the shelter had been taken down. It just snow loads too much, and horses service understood. So we had to take it apart anyway and get out of there. Uh, but this bolt of light... <laughs> like a lightsaber, I call it, just comes floating by our tent, making mm. its way through the trees. And we watched that thing, uh, watched it for probably 45 seconds or so, and what do you do with that? You know, you don't know wow. what's, you don't, it's intelligent, whatever it is, it's intelligent. So that was the last strange thing I had, uh, really, and that was four years ago, three and a half years ago. Uh, I went up there with uh, David Pilates and his filmer to do the filming of uh, Missing 401, The Hunted. Mm. And that was uh, 2018, July. And, uh, of course, it was smoky. Didn't see any animal life at all. Nothing happened. But then I, I told him nothing's going to happen probably because you don't go up there with all this stuff. And I mean, it took seven animals to get us all in there. <laughs> That's crazy. It's, it's, a, it's a trip, and, uh, but it was fun. I had a good time. I got my hats off to David. He's, he's really, he did a good job on that, I think. And, but the series, the, have you guys seen that yet? Missing 411? I, I haven't. It's downloadable, I think. But the, the, the episode he has right after me, mine's about 15 minutes in that, and the episode he has right after me is about a lady who's bubble hunting up in a tree waiting, and I think she's bow hunting. But anyway, she's seen this pixelated image going from one tree to another, and he he recreated that. He recreated the light for me too. And my I told him just how it was up there mm. where it went. They did a really good job on that. Excellent. And um, he did a good job on this. They call it the predator effect because it's got the predator. It's the predator. Yes. Yeah. 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 Ronnie had yeah. one. <laughs> did you? Yeah. 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 It happens, and that's the plasma field I think you're seeing through the fourth dimension when they're outside of their, their mass. Wow. Just my thoughts. So cool. <laughs> what, what is the, the theme, uh, you know, for this podcast, this episode in particular, just out of the gate when Maddie and I were talking, is just the spiritual side of things. And you mentioned it right out of the gate uh, with this interview, is that you grew up religious and became more spiritual, and... Um, I think I've I've kind of done the same in that sense. I still believe in a in a God and a, in a higher power, something intelligent. But do you feel that the the spiritual side of of you is kind of what's really opened you up to this Bigfoot? What do you want to call it? A, a lifelong passion or obsession? Do you feel like that has really played a, a major part? Because it seems to be an ingredient with UFO uh, abductees or experiencers, as well as people that do it, that are having uh, Sasquatch Bigfoot experiences. Do you feel that that's something that is allowing you to have access to them that they understand uh, that maybe you are approachable? Perhaps, yeah, because I am approachable. I mean, uh, I've had things happen even at my house down in California when I lived down there. Uh, things mm. that were common up at the camp all of a sudden would happen in my house. Something home. beating on my house or 
or uh, the clicking sound we had at our camp one time and just camp walk went right through the shelter walls or right inside there with us and never could finger on that. Every time you turn your light on it would just stop immediately. I was irrigating out in my field in California, my ranch down there and I heard this clicking sound, same one, just shortly after that. And uh that was unusual. Um mm. Uh, but I asked Bill McDowell, my, my packing buddy, we had horses, we're the ones that did the camp stuff like that. And uh, he, uh, I asked him, do you ever have anything strange happen beside at your house? He said, yeah, you got a clicking sound we had that night that our stove went up through the doors or into the shelter. Said, I had that happen outside down my, my fields. And uh, I, you know, there you are. There's some cooperation because then I know I'm not crazy. Right. We're both crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I've had some crazy experience with Ronnie. He's definitely got something following him around. So, yeah. Um, well, it seems like they can tap into you. And I think it's your vibrational frequency of you, because we all have a vibrational frequency. And uh, right. the Earth has a vibrational frequency. So I think that's why a lot of things happen during the night, too, is because uh, mm. the, Earth, the Earth has the Schumann resonance, I call it, which is 7.8 uh, hertz per second minute minute right right and that's the uh, our, that's our alpha state alpha theta state of awareness sleep almost uh it drops in right into that same field and that's usually at night and that's when the earth's frequency drops like that so i think there's something going on with the, that too mm -hmm. and not just that but but uh, just who you are as a person I, it's funny you bring up the schumann resonance resonance because i did Look at that the past um, week, a few days, and there were some serious spikes that have yeah. been happening over the past yeah. couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And so, the, you know, there is some kind of shifting or something's happening with the Earth's frequencies, and it's, it's just fascinating stuff. And I'm, uh, I just started reading your book, and um, I've always wanted to have you on just from the Sierra sounds, but just to see that now you're in this and pushing this forward is exciting to see and I'm, I'm i'm grateful that you're you're doing it so thank you thank you yeah the book's awesome i'm halfway through it and uh, i was trying to get all the way through it before this interview i didn't have time but uh, by the way forward from our buddy bob gimlin <laughs> yes <laughs> um yeah i mean ron it's so great i love that you're putting science and and intelligence and and your you know what you've come all your experience into this book it really is cool the quantum bigfoot um and we're you know what we're going to play a little bit of the sierra sounds ronnie you sent me that link right um on the yes. phone yeah so we're going to play a little bit of that out of this interview so people can hear these things for themselves hear what ron experienced and uh ron moorhead anytime you want to come back in the monster you let us know i think yes we please both, we both are big fans and we think you're fantastic oh well, thank you very much for inviting me ah uh, another pick up goddamn oh shit we're recording want to go deeper into the mystery get the book monsterland encounters with ufos bigfoot and orange orbs by ronnie leblanc available now on amazon barnes and noble and everywhere fine books are sold thank you ron moorhead what a great guest ronnie very exciting but let's get back to the ronnie awesome. report the ronnie report um and dive into this breaking news <clears throat> world of ufology ronnie uh it's you know, old news is new news, I guess. Right. So the Pentagon officially um, declares the release of the UAP footage that Tom DeLong had helped bring out back in December 2017 as real official. So they came out, uh, the TTSA, and just, you know, 
real quick here. Another milestone was achieved this week for space startup. Uh, I love how they call themselves a space startup. Um, <laughs> to the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, when the Pentagon officially released three videos of unidentified aerial phenomena uh, to confirm the footage that was taken by the U.S. Navy fighter jet. So this is old news to us, but it seems to be now official uh, in the greater world outside the UFO circle. And you have to ask, why now? Why did it come out now? Yeah. Three right. years later, right? Basically, well, I mean, the video first started. What, the incident was the incident was two thousand four, correct? The main incident. Yes, back in off of uh, San Diego. Yep. And then uh, what? It was on YouTube. I know that for a little while, and I correct I, got pulled right, off. Yeah, got pulled off. Uh, and then two thousand seventeen is the big New York Times article. Right around the time we started this podcast, we were freaking out mm -hmm. about that and yelling, yelling, yelling. No one cares. No one's paying attention. And then a pandemic happens, and they, the government backs it up. The Pentagon backs it up, says, yes, these are real. Oh, we don't know what these are. And again, it feels like no one cares. And you know what thought occurred to me, Ronnie? Yeah. Um, was a little bit what Grant Cameron was saying to us in season one has worked. And that is... That trickle effect. Yes. That, yeah. Yes. Generational trickle effect. Uh, by the way, I take a pill for that. You know, I wake up at midnight, midnight to 3 a.m., it's big time, uh, generational trickle effect. <laughs> like, should I be pushing this hard? All right. I, um, uh, generational trickle effect that over the years, over the generations, they've given us little bits of information to get us ready through film and television in Hollywood. Right. And, 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 you know, released things, debunked things, just giving us little bits of information, going to the people that are writing the books and saying, and saying this is how you should talk about it because this is what happens. That's all worked, I, that we're not I've that shocked. I've also wondered why there were so many freaking zombie movies the past 10 uh, years. Uh, wow. Wow. Right? Like, um, that, that, I never understood that. I'm like, really? People yes. listen to zombies? Like, yes, and, and now it's survival and, and yeah, and apocalyptic, uh, you know, survival camps, people on their own. Yeah. Ha have you, have you seen, it's been going around on Facebook, and uh, I'm actually afraid to post anything now, but the, uh, I guess it goes back to the 2012 Olympics, which, they showed, um, looked like there was a whole kind of um, play, like, you know, halftime kind of situation thing. Um, and it was a, like a deaf uh, messenger and they were all hospital beds and people, it was almost like, oh, look at, they were kind of showing us what's coming. You got to wonder the, whether they had any kind of play. It's just it's a lot of uh, conspiracy stuff out there, but that one's pretty, pretty wild. First of all, do not stop posting because the one, <laughs> The one tragedy that could come from this pandemic is that we no longer have controversial Ronnie posts on this show, Contro Row Pros. Click. I'm, no, willing, I'm willing to lose half the population <laughs> as long as we don't lose Contro Row Pros. <laughs> Done. All right. Um, well, Ronnie, yeah, so years of, of slow leak information. Then you drop it during a pandemic when everyone's got their fucking hands filled, by the way, is trying to survive. Perfect timing. No one really gives a shit right now. You know, but you know what was interesting is I had my, uh, my daughter, when it came out, what, three days ago now, my daughter, Emma, sent me a text or called me and said, Dad, did you hear that they announced that UFOs are real? My nephew sent me a message. So the younger generation picking up on CNN and everything else yes. is seeing this like, 
Like, yeah, yes. where were you guys two years yes. ago? Yes. Yeah. yes. And it, you wonder why you and I repeat stuff so much. It's because people are coming to us going, did you see this? I'm like, yeah, we posted about it <laughs> six months, three years ago. And, and it's, it's the same with Oak Island. Like people go, oh, you repeat stuff. My feed is filled with, you know, uh, why don't they dig in the swamp? Why don't, I'm like, <laughs> what? What? So you wonder why we repeat stuff. Um, we had our own, you know, to, to the Stars Academy had a statement, Ronnie. We released a statement. Would you like to hear it? Yes, please. Please do. <laughs> uh, the official statement of Monsterland, and by the way, media, if you need us, we're available. Uh, official statement from our host today on Pentagon UFO video release. Quote, Today's UFO UAP release is old news for all of us paying attention. In fact, these videos were released by our military in 2017 as discussed at length here and on many similar venues. Next time you're inclined to mock someone who believes in what you deem fantasy, please remember today. Mm. Ronnie LeBlanc and Maddie Blake. I love that statement we came up with, right? <laughs> um, because, you know, it's true. Like, those skeptical type of people, it's good that they exist. And I love it. Fine. You know, keep us honest. Um, there's no better witness than one who's, who's thought of all sides and exposed to all sides, right? But right. there's a cynicism and a nastiness to it. So for years, when I brought up UFOs, I got laughed at. I got eye-rolled, I got wacky Maddie and his strange beliefs and wacky, wacky, wacky. Those same people are now texting me going, holy shit, dude, what's going on? I'm like, you know what? I'm not telling you because I told you then. (laughs) I told you then, you didn't listen. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting as Ron believes, Ron Moorhead, our guest tonight, believes that there is some kind of an event or, you know, coming. There is some kind of reveal that's coming. So it's interesting to see what will pop. I hope something does. Yeah. It, it seems like anything can happen every day. The, the news is just crazy. crazy. Yeah. And we, a lot of people chimed in on our social. Uh, Linda Ray says, how, how can people be so arrogant that they think they are the only ones in this huge universe? Jerry Springer asked this question decades ago when his show was still halfway reputable and actually very thought-provoking. I don't remember those days, but I'm I'll take <laughs> Lindy. Uh, Chris Langlis says, yeah, I've seen those vids before. John Barber clearly looks like the NCC-1701. Is that a Star Trek thing? Emma, yeah. Is, that the Enterprise? That. Is that the Enterprise? got to be uh, the Enterprise, right? NCC. Oh, Trekkie. Right now, Mike Shue. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the Enterprise. It is it? It's the Enterprise. Oh, I was going to say, uh, Mike Shu, uh, local celebrity around here in these parts, uh, radio personality, would be freaking out right now because I didn't know that NCC 1701 was Star Trek. Sorry, <laughs> I was too busy slaying it as a kid <laughs> instead of watching Star Trek. That is unbelievably untrue. Um, Don Skinner says, okay, going to shock some people. That, oh, this guy, they say seeing with your eyes is believing. So we have Google Earth Pro, and he gives like, I've seen these before. Not to say that his is fake. I don't know. But he, he gives coordinates to a Google map. And then when you go on it, there's a picture taken from Google, you know, satellite. But when you go yeah. on this one coordinate, there looks like a disc um, poking out of a cave, basically. I've seen a couple of these before. Yeah. You never know what's real. You don't, you know, it's, it's hard to say. But it's Photoshopped. And, yeah. It was pretty compelling. So thank you for that, Don. He reports, we decide. 
Uh, Maureen Tinley says, great statement. Love the photo. We posted a photo of the, um, of the Tic Tac UFO, basically. Uh, Bonnie Gail Gagne says, I know what a couple of friends and I saw a couple of years back. We are definitely not alone. I would love to hear more about that, Bonnie. So if you're watching this, Please. I would love to hear about that story. You can either email us the story at Monsterland Report, excuse me, Monsterland Report at gmail.com uh, or call us 401 400 0965. That's 09 ML for Monsterland. Um, all right, time for our new game, Ronnie. I'm so Ooh. excited about this. Kids, if you're watching, oh, sweet shit, and you want to get into the entertainment biz. You want to be a podcast, you want to be a broadcast, you want to be a hoster. Here's how to make your own imaging as you go, as you're hosting the show, on the fly. Okay. Okay, ready? So you remember uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, our new game yeah. is called... Maddie's Believer or Not. <laughs> Okay, Ronnie, here's the game. In recent days, I kept seeing celebrities commenting on the UFO video and on paranormal topics in general. I was surprised sometimes. Why am I talking like this? I don't know because I'm still in, I'm still in imaging promo land. Maddie's Believer or Not. Okay, Ronnie, so here's the game. And monsters, you can play along at home. I'm going to give you the name of a celebrity. You have to tell me, are they a believer or not? Okay. This and then good. I will I, like I will it. reveal the answer through their own comments. Isn't this through exciting? Snopes. Through Snopes? <laughs> no. I have their own tweets. I have their uh, video of them. So I'm going to okay. share All the right. Don't Hold on. I'm going to share the screen right now. All right. Maddie's believer or not? I'm going to give you a name, and then you can work it out. Mm -hmm. let, me get the, let me get the theme song ready. <laughs> Ronnie, believer or not, Jane Goodall. Jane in Bigfoot? In, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, the, the general gist of the game is paranormal. Do they believe in the paranormal UFOs? So, yes, good instinct on your behalf, Ronnie, because she's known for working with apes. In and primates. Really, yeah. primates. So, yeah. does Jane Goodall, Ronnie... Believe in Bigfoot. Yes, she believes in the possibility of Sasquatch existing. Yes. Ronnie says Jane Goodall's a believer. Could have dragged that a little bit more, but that's all right. <laughs> Let's find out, Ronnie. I, I would, I'm romantic. I would like Bigfoot to exist. I've met people who swear they've seen Bigfoot. And I think the interesting thing is every single continent there is an equivalent of Bigfoot or Sasquatch. There's the Yeti, there's the Yari in Australia, there's the Chinese wild man, and, and on and on and on. And, you know, I've had stories from people who, you have to believe them. Ronnie, yes, Shane Goodall <laughs> is a believer. She's a believer. <laughs> Wicked old. No way. He believes. And <laughs> <laughs> a hot back in the day. <laughs> Wasn't that fun? 
That was great. So I've got a few okay. chambered runnies. So from time to time, I'll pull one of those out. And uh, you'll be surprised. Some people who believe in this stuff um, might surprise you. Excellent. I love it. All right. Let's move right along, shall we? This is good, shall. Ronnie. We're making good time. Um, let's get into some monster mail. Now it's time for monster mail. Again, our monster mail. Ronnie, tell them how they can mail us their stories and what they should tell us and what they should mail us. Monsterlandreport at gmail.com if you want to send us any of your encounters or information that you might have had of recent sightings. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Dig it. Monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Here we go. Hey, fellas. Big fan of the show. This is from Derek S. <laughs> no, Derek! Uh, what legend, oh, I'm sorry, was wondering what, wait, was wondering what legendary, I see, was wondering, comma is what they mean, what legendary paranormal creature would each of you be? Pick one for each other, please. For the record, I think Ronnie would be an orange orb, (laughs) and Maddie would be a gin because he's a trickster. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for the show, Derek. Guys, uh, Ronnie, that's a great question. Thank you, Derek. What do you think, Ronnie? Um, I have to pick one for you. I think. Let me see what he says here. Really? Yeah, pick one for each. Pick, pick one for each other, please. Hmm. I mean, the obvious answer for you is Bigfoot because that's what you're into as your first experience. But I want to think a little bit more outside the box. You're an author. You're a writer. You're a storyteller, Ronnie. You're a storyteller. So I'm hmm. trying to think of a paranormal creature. That would kind of, you're also a very loving person, very open. So you're definitely not a gin. You're not a demonic uh, <laughs> shadow person. Um, I think actually, I think Derek stole my answer. I'd say you're an orange orb because they usually. Orange por- orb? Orange orbs usually portend good things. I mean, oh no, you'd be it. No, I know what you are. You're an angel. <laughs> Because angels always come and they, they, uh, oh, wait. I could be a thunderbird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some of the things you've done in the uh, bathroom. You might be a thunderbird. Those things leave huge, huge thunderbird. Thunderbirds. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. I'm trying to think of a paranormal creature that, um, that is like a storyteller and, and kind and a teacher. Oh, maybe like one of the, uh, what are the a little gnome? No. Yeah. <laughs> You're a little gnome. Hello. Hey. You're a beautiful person. You're, you have a lot to give. No, no, stop that. <laughs> That's the most frightening thing I've ever heard in my life. Do that again. Are you still sleeping? <laughs> okay, that has been a series wrap on Monsterland. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, no longer working with him. That's incredible. You're a gnome. You're a fudge wookie. What do you call those things? <laughs> a a, 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 a pugwudgie. <laughs> a pugwudgie. You're fun ruckers. Please, I'm so thirsty. I need some water. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Even Amy's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Please tell me Amy's never heard that voice in a sexual connotation. Please. She has. <laughs> hey, hey, you want to do it? That's the greatest thing. 
No, you know what you are? <laughs> what? You are... <clears throat> I didn't, you're a man of many talents. I didn't know you did that. Um, <laughs> I'm never going to get that voice out of my head now. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you a voicemail. Oh. <laughs> um, you're a spirit... Uh, you're like a spirit guide. You're like a, oh, what are the aliens? Not, not the grays, not the worker aliens, but the ones who are like benevolent and um, the tall whites. What are they? The oh, yeah, the, the Nordics. That's you. You're a Nordic. That would be your paranormal because you're, you're jacked. They're supposed to be jacked. Oh, this is good. Yes. You're white. <laughs> my last name, LeBlanc, means LeBlanc. Oh, my God. You're a tall white. That's it. Ronnie, you're a tall white. You're a teacher. You're a guider. You're benevolent. You're wicked handsome. They're supposed to be wicked handsome creatures, right? They're beautiful. Uh, you're, everything fits. LeBlanc white. Tall white, Ronnie. Tall white. What do you think oh I am? God. I, I would, I would, you're huge. Sasquatch. You love Slenderman? Bigfoot. I'm Slenderman. Is Slenderman. that what you're saying? Slenderman. I, I, would, I would say he was a, a Yeti. Ooh. Hold on. I have the Yeti. I have Jeff Byers' Yeti. Uh, oh, that, hold on. Let me get back. <laughs> fantastic all right uh there you go derek thank you that was great fun uh great oh, derek just keep sending those type of emails those are funny uh oh follow up from jeffrey who emailed us about some of the um you know some of our lack of posting uh, Jeffrey says, oh, thanks. Yes. thanks for taking the time to answer my questions. Love you, Maddie. Love you, Ronnie. Love the Monsterland podcast. I will be a Patreon launching very soon, by the way, probably by next week. Um, totally get it. You're not, you don't make any money off it, just doing it for fun. But wow, do you guys have the best cryptid podcast? Thanks, Jeffrey. Awesome. Jeffrey, Jeffrey actually gave us some pointers about how to make money in a podcast. Um, he had a link with a video and he named some of his favorite podcasts and how they do it. We appreciate Excellent. that all, Jeffrey. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I love it. Okay, uh, let's let's wrap things up, Ronnie, because we have a hard out tonight. Uh, I would like yeah. to take this time. I want to do one quick uh, monster voicemail, though. Let's do it. Monster great. mail, monster voicemail, because this is a fun, another little fun uh, aside. But I just want to remind people that we're on everywhere. You can get your podcast pretty much. Dory, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, please. Please share it. That's all we got. Just share it. Yes. If someone you know likes to be entertained and uh, they love to talk about things in this world, the ethereal things, the things that you can't see or can't explain. And if you can rate us, that's always great. That's always rate us, great. review us, as they always say. Uh, I'd like to thank our friends at Dell's Coffee, dellscoffee.com, specialty coffee from around the world. Dell's uses the finest, freshest beans from quality coffee farms. Crafted with care, fresh and local, Dell's Coffee. They know it's all about the bean. Ronnie, I'm going to get you a bag of Dell's Coffee. He just sent I can't me. wait. He concocts different bean uh, flavors, you know, like different oh, cool. types. And he sent me this one bag. It was an African coffee. And so I always put a cream in my coffee, you know, like, or not always, but I'll, I'll take it black. Yep. And, uh, but, you know, a lot of mornings I put a little cream in it if I have just like the regular coffee beans. I got Dell's. I took one sip. If you would put creamer in this, it would have ruined You'd it. you take away from the flavor. 100%. Right? Like, not only yeah. did it not need it, it would have ruined it. It was so, mm. you know, 
strong sounds bad. It was just delicious. It was just yeah. delicious. So it's like an aftertaste and oh. I've been drinking so much coffee now. It's it's pretty uh I gotta watch myself. <laughs> you mean you don't mean coffee, you mean cocaine. Cocaine. All right. Monsters, you know how much the boys love disembodied voices. So let's hear yours. Man, I just got a shotgun and just scared that little bastard back into the project. Call 401-400-0965. Rates may apply. Hey, is that legal copy? I don't do legal unless we renegotiate. We talked about this. You guys hear me? Oh, yeah, I guess I can just leave a voicemail. All right, so here we go. That's our voicemail system. We had one left over. I've been meaning to get to this for the last uh, couple of weeks and haven't had a chance. Let me just share the screen one more time, Ronnie, so that people can okay. hear this as they're listening, uh, wherever they are, um, because here we go. And here's our message without any further adieu. Hi, guys. This is Richard J. Rockport, Massachusetts. And I was hoping you guys could discuss uh, like the Blair Witch Project and, and your thoughts on that movie. I, I found it kind of fascinating, but uh, wasn't too sure about the history of it. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Excellent call, uh, Richard yeah. from Rockport. I loved that movie. Um, <clears throat> when it came out, there was a lot of hoopla about it, Ronnie, as I'm sure you remember, because yeah. it was almost like one of those creepy pasta things where there was a story about it that was leaked on the internet, the early internet, I guess. And so people really didn't know whether it was real or not. And um, I remember- It was one of the first movies to go viral, really. Correct. You know, like uh, using social media as a strategy. And, and the big thing was uh, uh, they had the lowest budget of any movie. You know, I think it was some, you know, Clerks at one point in time, but I think Blair Witch, wasn't it one of the, the factors? I think- it was under $100,000. Yeah. I'll tell you what it was. It was made for $600,000. 600000 Okay, and for a studio on, film, right? <laughs> it went on to make $248 million uh, with its initial release. So most, uh, one of the most profitable movies ever made. July of 1999. Now, I met my beloved Yoko, my precious, loving wife, in June of, uh, of 1996. We got married in May of 99. And I remember we, were, we just got a little apartment in, in Newton, Mass., and uh, we were getting married, we, excuse me, we got married in May of 99. This came out on 14 July 99. And I remember I went to go see it. Now, this is a great story. This is an aside before we get to We're going to do a little where are they now? Uh, because those actors all kind of disappeared. And I just found this thing about where are the Blair Witch people now. But this story comes to mind every time I think about Blair Witch. So I went and saw it by myself. And... That last scene, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, when they go to the house and the kid is standing in the corner and she's just screaming, Heather Donahue, the actress, Heather Donahue is just screaming bloody murder. They get, they're in the house, they're getting disembodied screams from their dead friend and the kid she's with, she can't find him and he's standing in the corner like the legend of the children were killed by this witch, had to go stand in the corners facing the wall and I kissed it and then she dropped. I was so chilled in the theater that night. <clears throat> I remember just, I remember the, the, the uh, credits rolling. And I was just sitting in my chair because I didn't want to get up. I was, I was like mm. almost paralyzed with fear. It was fantastic. Um, I thought that movie was incredible. Hard to watch because of the camera movement. Inside right, the shake it, yeah, yep. But man, that movie was unbelievable. So here's the beautiful part. 
I had a couple buddies who were at that screening, saw me, and didn't say anything to me. And the next morning, when I walked out of my little apartment, sitting on the hood of my car were tied up sticks bound together exactly like they did in the movie Blair <laughs> And I was doing uh, morning radio at the time. So oh. I got up at, at, I think I had to be at the morning radio show. I was like the head writer guy, bit guy. I did the sports report. And I had to be at that morning show at like, I lived in Newton and I had to be downtown Boston. It was like a, only like a 10 minute ride on Huntington Ave, but I had to get up at like, I think 445, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And so it's, think, think of this, it's like 5 a.m. And it's, it's still dark out and I, half asleep walk into my car and I'm still thinking about Blair Witch from seeing it the night before freaked out <laughs> and there's a bundle of sticks sitting on now I have no idea that they were in the theater I don't know and that's I, freaky that's I freaky lost, I lost my mind uh, for about a half day and then I, I started there I go someone someone knew you know someone knew yeah yeah so uh, I always think of that do you remember when you saw it Ronnie first time I, I, I was actually were? I was out in LA at the time when it came out and um, it was because going to film school was the big, you know, the big right. thing to kind of go watch. Right. right. And, um, but I was amazed and it was encouraging to see that you could make something an amateur filmmakers could kind of make something and put something together like this with a budget like that and become yes. a blockbuster. Right. I think that was really encouraging for a budding artists and people that were looking to make movies and documentaries right. and right merging of the two but what i always didn't like was the fact that it was like okay yeah this is not real it's obviously put together i always wanted to see something that was authentic you know right 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 so, right, but, right yeah um but boy they did a good job i can't remember oh, the last time i was that scared and, uh, scared um oh yeah i know about three minutes ago and you did that fucking gnome voice yeah oh this one no <laughs> no Bad Ronnie. <laughs> All right, where are they now, Ronnie? Uh, oh, there's another game we can play. Guess, guess what she's doing. So Heather Donahue. Let's let's. She was the lead girl in the Blair Witch. She answered yep. an ad placed in Backstage Magazine to audition for the movie in '99. She was a great improviser, apparently. So they picked her. She was critically acclaimed for her performance. Uh, she was nominated for a Blockbuster Entertainment Award for Favorite Actress, Newcomer, Online Film Critics Society Award for Best Actress. Mm. Um, the, after the film came up, it looked like she was queued up to be the next big star. However, nothing really happened. She did an independent film called Home Field Advantage, Boys and Girls, and a TV series Taken. Uh, her last acting role, unfortunately, was 2008 in a direct-to-DVD horror film called The Morgue. She now does what for a living, Ronnie? Any guesses? Owns a podcast network. Oh my god! I thought I thought I thought you just said it, and my heart almost dropped. Um, As a podcast? No, you. It sounded like because <laughs> she is a pot grower. She is. Mm. She is a. I was close. Uh, <laughs> she is a medical marijuana grower. And she has released a book called Grow Girl. And there's a picture of her here. Wow, she cool. actually looks great. She looks better now than she did then on this picture. It's like a promotional photo. 
and, it's, and of the book. And it says, how my life after the Blair Witch Project went to pot. <laughs> Clever. So uh, maybe it was her uh, chronic smoking that led her to her demise as an actress. <laughs> uh, Michael C. Williams, who was like uh, one of the lead guys in it, um, he also had a hard time as far as uh, f- following up with Blair Witch. Was there a Blair Witch curse as far as being an actor? He had guest roles in Law and Order. I mean, every actor in New York did that. I did that. <laughs> he appeared in a TV uh, episode of a TV series called FBI. Um, but he also has a new career. Any guesses on what he might do, Ronnie? Chef. It's a great, great idea. Well, you know, in effect, he kind of almost did stay in the business. He's the owner of a theater in Hawthorne, New York, called the Big Blue Door Theater. And he uh, makes money attending horror conventions around the country, uh, you know, for Blair Witch fans, which is pretty mm. cool. Very cool. Uh, Joshua Leonard. Now, Joshua Leonard was uh, the other one of the friends on the, uh, on the Blair Witch Project. Leonard has had arguably the most successful Hollywood career after appearing in Blair Witch. He's a Houston native. He's appeared in Madhouse, The Shaggy Dog, Higher Ground, If I Stay, and Steven Soderbergh's movie, Unsane, in 2018. He will next be seen in the horror Depraved, which is a modern adaptation of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Interesting. Cool. He is married to American Horror Story cult and the newsroom star Allison Pill. I did not know that. Very interesting. Um, so there you have it. Uh, the movie was an incredible record breaker in every way imaginable. Um, the again, there was all kinds of they they put out these they put out these <clears throat> I remember this too. They put out these missing pictures uh, yeah. online. Do you remember that? Yeah. And it, and it, it, it would like so it had like missing and uh, please call the Frederick County Sheriff's Office if you know what happened to these people. And, he, and so that kind of was circulating around and and so there was this buzz to the movie what's real, what's not. And then the documentary style at the beginning when they're interviewing quote unquote townspeople about the Blair Witch legend makes it so much more believable. Um, It really is a towering achievement in the history of film. I loved it. Again, my only knock on it was just the physicality of watching it was difficult. Yeah, the way it was shot. Yeah, yeah, so much camera movement. And I think now that older I am, it would even be worse. Back then I was six or whatever I was. uh, I remember people complaining about that. I'm like, oh, shut up. But <laughs> now I think I'd, I'd get seasick watching it. <laughs> uh, so great call. I love it. Excellent. Thank you. That was yeah, awesome. please call us. We love getting your voicemails. We really do. Um, it's my favorite part of the show, actually, hearing from you guys. Um, you know what I mean? Like instead of – I love obviously having guests is great, but I, and I love reading emails. That's fantastic. So – Please, if you're a monster, as a favor to us. Um, keep them coming. Voicemails keep, are great. Yeah. I really, it's, it's my favorite part of the show, like getting to hear your voices. So and, I'm going to give you the number and, again. Oh, go ahead, Ron. Yeah, I would encourage people to send even video messages too that now that we have this vehicle yes. with, with using YouTube and sharing this, that we can share your, your if you want to be seen. Yes. <laughs> your, yes. Your video messages too. We'd love to see you. Um, once again, that number, get a pen, 401 401- 400 401-400-0965. That's 09ML for Monsterland. And let's hear from you. Please, 
We want some voicemails. We want some monster mails so we can hear your voices. It's really a lot of fun. I love that part. Okay. Oh, what we call? What, what, what would our producer Dave be, Ronnie, as we wrap up here? If, uh, for a uh, paranormal creature. Mm. Let's see. Oh, I know. He's the Illuminati. The Illuminati. Because <laughs> he controls everything. <laughs> no, Derek! Right? He's, nope. pushing, he's yep. pushing the buttons. There's a Jewish cabal of some kind. He's the man the behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. He's the Illuminati. <laughs> uh, we'll think of one for you, Producer Dave, who's uh, yes. back home monitoring us. He's big brother. Uh, <laughs> he's the Watchers. The Watchers. There you uh, go. All right, uh, coming up soon. Um, well, I don't want to tease that because that might be a Patreon episode, but um, we got a yeah. lot coming. We're, we're home. We're working the podcast. We love it. Let's hear from you. Get us some monster voicemails, please. And until next time, for Ronnie LeBlanc, for Producer Dave, I am your co-host, Maddie Blake. As always, monsters, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay monstrous. See ya. When I needed sunshine, I got Thank you for joining us on the Monsterland Podcast. If you or someone you know has an experience to share, or if you have questions, you can reach us at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Find us on social media at Monsterland Pod. Until we meet again in Monsterland. Uh, by the way, I take a pill for that. <laughs>